Hey guys, welcome to the Mental Makeover Podcast. I'm Lauren Curtis. You've probably heard the phrase, the grass is always greener on the other side, but I believe it's greener where you water it. This podcast is here to provide you with meaningful advice from myself and others in order to give your little patch of grass the best chance to grow and flourish. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I am here with this episode this in little asterisks, asterisks episode, the one that I've been talking about doing for the last decade. No, I've just been, yeah, I've been saying so much has been going on, a lot's been changing and I haven't actually given any uh, insight into what that actually is, purely because I have been saving it for this podcast episode because there's too much to go into and I can't share one part of the story without sharing the whole thing. It will be a long episode. It will first sound like a lot of me talking about me, but I promise you there is like a deeper meaning behind it all, which I am excited to share. It really does bring a lot of what I've been talking about on this podcast into practice and there are a lot of full circle moments. So even though on the surface it's all like a lot of first world problems, um, I guess you could say, it... It, it, it has depth. There is a greater meaning behind it. So just hang in there. All right, let's get into it. Let's rewind to the start of the year. Reese and I were driving home from a little holiday down south. It is our favorite place ever. It's a little piece of heaven on earth. And we go there every year over the New Year's break to yeah bring in the new year, basically. So we're obviously in a great mood uh, coming back from a holiday. Who isn't in a great mood? So I'm driving and Reese gets an email from the owner of the business that he has been subcontracting through for at least five years, I would say five to ten. And the email basically says, hey mate, we're closing the business, all the best for the future. (laughs) Ah yeah, so just a nice little quick to the point email saying you no longer have a job, good luck. No warning, nothing like that. So that's fun. Uh, he then called, Reese called the guy who works, who worked at that same shop and spoke to him about what was going on. It sounded like it was bound to happen, but it also sounded like that guy had a bit more of a heads up as opposed to Reese, who was given no time to pre- make other arrangements and to at least be able to transition himself into another job so he wasn't left without a job. We're both just kind of like, oh, what? <laughs> that initial stage of shock where you're kind of letting everything just sink in doesn't really feel real. And after that phone call, his mood wasn't, he wasn't stressed or sad or angry. I mean, you're a little bit angry because of the way they told <laughs> Reese, like being dumped by a text basically. But anyway, he wasn't, you know, if you've just found out you've lost your job, you'd be pretty stressed out, right? It kind of came as initially we were like really positive about it and really optimistic. And Reese especially was like, you know, this is perhaps this is the time where I finally do what I want to do with my life and don't get continue to let myself get sucked into this cycle of wake up, do this job, come home, wake up, do the job that I I don't like, come home and just constantly, you know, once you're in that routine, it is quite hard to break it. It's like when you go to the gym for ages and you stop going to the gym, it's so easy to stay in that routine of not going to the gym, right? 
So when you're in this routine of going to work, regardless of whether or not you like it, it's just easy to stay in it because it pays the bills, it gives you some form of certainty and it's just what you've been doing. So you keep doing it. But Reese hadn't been enjoying that job for a very long time. It was a combination of the toll it was taking on his body and then the fact that the way that business was run wasn't really that great. I mean, hence it closing down eventually. He was taken care of financially, you know, obviously it was a well-paying job. That's why he stuck with it. That's why he pushed through the hard labor. Um, But mentally, he didn't enjoy it. And he was getting increasingly frustrated with the people that he was working with because Reese holds himself to a very high standard and some other people don't... I don't... Yeah... When you're a perfectionist and other people aren't perfectionists, there's bound to be tension. Um, so he was kind of in this mindset of like, I haven't wanted to do this for a long time. I wanted to try and branch out and do something different, but I just haven't really ever had enough of a push to do it. And I've mentioned this little Oprah uh, analogy before. I can't remember it verbatim, but my interpretation of it is, most of us don't like change. When we see it coming or feel it coming, we'll kind of deny that it's happening and push against it for as long as we can. And we can get this, it, it kind of starts out as a feeling like, oh, something feels something feels different or wrong or it's just a, a little hunch that you have. And then you ignore it and then it comes as a bit of a shout. So it's louder, it's harder to, to deny, but it's still a shout. You can just block it out. And then it comes as a bit of a shove and you're like, oh, okay, this is actually getting kind of uncomfortable now, but it's fine. I can ignore it. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's at that tipping point, but I can still push it away to the side and deny it. And then it comes as like a brick to the head. Uh, Good luck denying that. Good Good luck ignoring that. And that's when you really have no choice but to actually embrace the change. Perhaps embrace is not the right word, but (laughs) to succumb to the change, to surrender to the the change. And that's the stage that Reese was at. He'd had all those prior signs. It was all eventually going to reach this point. It just happened in a way that he didn't expect. And so he almost felt a sense of relief, like, oh, okay. Like, I have no no other choice but to do something different now. Like, I can't even... Perhaps it's like you feel less guilty leaving a well-paying job if you actually have no choice but to leave it. You can't reason yourself out of it when you have no choice. So we were talking about all these things that he could now potentially do and it was almost like, wow, like, what a gift. And we had this really positive chat about it and it was awesome. And then we get home and some hours pass and then days pass and it kind of sinks in like, oh, I actually, I don't have a job, but I still have a mortgage. I still have all these insurances that I've got to pay, all of these bills, all of these things that I am responsible for. And so, yeah, like it's, it's fun to, uh, I guess, dream about all these things that I can be doing with my life. But right now in this moment, like I'm kind of stressed out because I don't have a way to account for all of these things that I'm accountable for so anyway that this is like where it all starts unraveling (laughs) because the beautiful moment passes 
and the reality sinks in and Reese, you know, starts getting jobs from other carpet shops and did I already mention that he's a carpet layer? So yeah, flooring, that kind of thing. He starts getting odd jobs from other places and that's okay. That's like marginally enough to cover the to cover the bills. And then it gets to the point where COVID starts creeping it creeping in and we all know what happened there. Basically, the world shuts down and, yeah, this is before the whole JobKeeper thing came in as well. This was, like, when it was slowly coming to Australia and things were getting iffy and the work was just, like, drying up and that's when the stress really kicks in when, like, okay, I actually have no way to make money. So that is the beginning of this whole thing. Let's move to another part of the story that ties in. So I have wanted to live down south for years, pretty much like since recent I started dating uh, five to six years ago. He's kind of like the person that first introduced me to that part of the world. When we started dating, we had our one of our first like little trips down there. And ever since, it's just been like a magical place for me. There's just something about that part of the world that is like I go there and I feel puny puny like small <laughs> insignificant tiny and it I don't know it like grounds me I feel instantly relaxed it makes me feel puny in the way that like all of the crap that I stress and worry about just seems so small in comparison it's just really like yeah my soul just like relaxes there I, don't, I can't really explain it It. It's like you just feel like you're in the middle of – just you just feel isolated in the best possible way. And just a little FYI, down south, in little air quotes, um, it's like a three-hour drive south of Perth, the city. So it – I always said it's like it feels – like a holiday without having to catch a flight because I don't like planes I don't like flying I'm not scared of it I just hate the process I feel like it's a complete waste of time it's just so much time and the lead up getting packed on your bags Ugh. I think what it actually comes down to is I just hate breaking my routine so it just feels like I'm constantly going against the grain when I travel I don't know I'm just not big on traveling I guess but traveling down it's like a three-hour drive down through the country to this beautiful part of the world that is like nothing else god it's beautiful anyway i have been yeah fantasizing about living there for as long as i can remember now um oh no it's not as long as i can remember it's been five years as i just said <laughs> and it just was never really practical we've got a mortgage we we bought our house um you know you'd have to sell your house reese has a job that works well for him that pays the bills. It just, you know, my family is up here. My train is up here. It just, it just made little sense to, to move. So we basically went down there as often as we could, um, on any like breaks that we had, any little holidays and just lapped it up, soaked it all in and then went back to reality. But now that Reese didn't have his job, I started thinking, Oh, 
maybe now that he doesn't have any ties to Perth, like we could actually seriously consider moving. And the cogs started turning. And when the cogs in my brain start turning, they simply do not stop. So it was a couple of weeks of dropping little hints to Reese and kind of testing the waters and seeing what he thought. And he was totally open to it. But I guess because he's got such a huge family, he's one of nine, that is the main thing that is keeping him in Perth. And so that was the basically the only thing really, because everything else, like other, other than that, it was his job. But obviously that's no longer in the picture, so that's pretty much it. And my family is a lot smaller and we're super close too, but it was be pretty easy for me to visit them whenever we came back up to Perth. So anyway, long story short, Reese was on board and it was like, ah, I was so excited. I started looking into like, oh, could we rent for a while? Should we buy a block of land? Should we buy an established house? Or should we just do this or do that? And I was like, I was like a kid at Christmas, just so many different options. And then Reese started getting excited about it too and started looking into it himself. And I guess it was kind of like a little glimmer of hope in what had been a pretty dull time um, for both of us because obviously Reese was now at home pretty much every day and I mean we're like best friends so it no at no point during this whole last year has him being at home bothered me if anything it's been awesome like I love having him home but it sucks for him because he really needs something to put his energy into and he hates feeling like he's not achieving anything or doing anything so as much as it was nice to be you know not be slugging it out at work it kind of was starting to get to him that he was cooped up in inside and couldn't actually do anything with this spare time that he had so this little decision we had made was really exciting and kind of got him looking into his other options again like oh do I want to do carpentry do I want to try carpet laying down south and to see if the jobs are any different or if it's better to work down there if it's a different like kind of environment like um, atmosphere I guess or should I start studying and learn a new skill and it was just like I guess it gave him a bit of purpose again and made him feel like he was working towards something which is what he really really needed at that time so obviously we had to sell our house well no we had to put it up for sale first and that was a difficult thing because uh yeah when you're when you're selling your house you've got to obviously stage it not not stage it you've got to basically hide all your your own personal crap and make it look like no one's lived in it but it looks nice but like no one's lived in it. like it has furniture but no one's lived there you got to make it look like it's fresh as a daisy and i mean we take amazing care of our house but it was just a matter of like having to put all of our stuff in boxes and in the cupboards and stash everything away. All of my filming stuff had to be taken out of the room that I filmed in. So that room, the entire room looked completely different. Um, my podcast setup had to be completely removed, completely broken down. All of my stuff was packed away, which is again, I'll, I'll tie into that in a moment, but it just, we felt like it wasn't really our house. It was like we were in limbo for a while. Every weekend we had to clean our house top to bottom again and then put everything away. It's just kind of like you're staying at a hotel. You can't fully 
relax in your own space because every single week you've got all these strangers coming through your house and looking through it and that was really tough for me as well I am the biggest privacy freak and the at first we were talking to the agent and I was like look I'm not comfortable doing home opens I don't want people coming through the house and looking through all my stuff I'm super paranoid about things like that I just think of the worst case scenario even if it's totally unrealistic I just think what if someone I don't know like not that I have anything to hide I just yuck I hear hear all these stories about people breaking in not breaking oh, yeah, breaking in but people coming through people's houses um like people on online's houses and just doing really shady stuff and so my mind was just racing and for a couple of weeks we didn't do home opens but I got to the point where we needed to so that was really tough for me and I again I know it's still first world problems but it's it's still uh, uh, yeah it was something that I was going through. It was it was tough for me at the time, and just because it's not as bad as what else other people are going through, that's something I'm trying to teach myself is to not justify myself as I speak. I'm getting better at it, but obviously I still do it. So we had the listing online, and our agent was saying that um, I made sure that he didn't put the address on the listing, so I didn't want people also finding our house from the photos and coming by a house and I just yeah I'm super paranoid and he said that people were commenting on the photos the page um online and saying oh guess whose house this is guess whose house this is and tagging their friends and stuff and that made me super anxious and super paranoid as well it was just gross it was a really crappy time it felt like it lasted for a thousand million lifetimes um and that is exactly why I wasn't doing podcasts or filming very often because I had everything packed away. It was like the times that I did have free were spent prepping up the house and doing all this other stuff. And then when Reese was at home during the week, that was also that I had also thrown out my routine because normally I have all this time during the day where I can completely focus on what I'm doing. But having Reese there, we ended up just doing a lot of stuff together. And as much as I loved that, it was not good for like my social media presence because I was distracted and I was doing other stuff when normally I would have all this time to myself to get work done. And it was just a really like for both of us, um, we are yet yeah, really, really big on routine and to have ours completely shifted upside down and to feel like like because I work from home, obviously, like my house is my little sanctuary and to feel like. You can't fully relax in it. I mean, it's it's hard to explain this without sounding stupid because obviously we've chosen this and it's the bigger picture thing. But I never realized how much of a routine freak I am and kind of control freak until we started to try and like sell a house in this whole period of our lives, which was just like up rooted you're trying to move on from this part of your life but then you can't really commit to the next part because you haven't yet moved on from this current part like you're trying to do all these different things at once and you can't because you're still tied down to this house which uh, anyway okay I'm getting ahead of myself I'm just hoping you guys are understanding where I'm coming from because I get like face value sounds very that's not a big problem but and it's it's not but it's just the way that made us feel and the uncertainty around it and the the, the the change which we asked for but when it actually comes it's really it's un, it's just uncomfortable so while we were trying to sell our house we were looking into our, our options down south we we're thinking like okay let's try and find a place to rent um 
that was fun, like looking online, looking at rentals. Reese was thinking about studying carpentry and then we needed to look for a place that would offer apprenticeships. So it was a, probably like one month into selling our house and there were a few that's also something that was just backtracking for a second there that just reminded me Reese was looking at all of these jobs online and I think you it's it's true you don't know what you have until it's gone as much as the job that he had had gotten to a point where he wasn't enjoying it anymore for kind of I think it was more so the people he was working with and how the business was was run more so than what he was actually doing. I mean, that, that's obviously a part of it, but more of it was the, the people. Um, when he's looking at other jobs, you don't realise how, I guess, lucky you were to be doing what you were doing. I mean, he was working for himself. He would be able to work, you know, early morning until sometimes lunchtime, you know, have time in the afternoon to go to the beach or for us to do things together or it was like the, the most awesome hours. Um, he was on good money. So like you're working these cool hours and then earning great money at the same time. Like that seems like a dream. You're not stuck in an office. You're doing your own thing. You have all this flexibility and freedom. And like, I think that that gets taken for granted when you don't know what it's like to not have that. So when he's looking at all these jobs that are literally paying like half of what he earns for working like double the amount of time and also having to have studied to be able to get that job in the first place, like it's just like, wow, I, so from his perspective, he was saying like, wow, I never really realized that how good I did have it. So that was a bit of a, a reality check in itself. But regardless, when he was looking down south for jobs, he found a couple and they one, – one in particular was like dreamy. It was a company that built houses and like nice houses, like, like a custom builder. And he – prior to seeing this company, he had reached out to a few other businesses offering apprenticeships. But because of the whole COVID thing, they were pretty much getting snapped up instantly. Like people were desperate for work. And so he applied for a few other jobs in completely different fields and got turned down because they'd already been filled. So like he had tried out other jobs, but wasn't having wasn't having any luck. And there weren't really any down south, so we were kind of stressed out at that point. Like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't going to be an option. Maybe you'll have to do something else, or maybe we'll have to stay up in Perth for a while. And we both didn't want to do that. So anyway. He randomly just decided to cold call, cold call, I guess you could say cold email this company and gave a bit of a spiel about himself and just said, if you're open to um, having an, an apprentice, I would absolutely love to talk to you about this more and blah, blah, blah. And a few minutes later, they replied back and said, hey, mate yeah, we've actually been thinking about hiring one. And it was just shocking. It was like, this is the dream company that he would want to work for. They weren't even advertising. He just randomly on a whim messaged them and were like, hey, I'd love to work with you. And they replied instantly and said, yep, let's do it. Like, it was just one of those moments. <laughs> it was just a nice little pick me up. It had felt like we were kind of 
the odds weren't in our favor for a while and it was just a little glimmer of hope that we needed and so he replied and gave it a bit more information and then I think they replied and asked a question and then he replied and they didn't get back to us instantly so we were waiting a little bit um waiting a few more days passed waiting waiting okay still haven't heard back Reese followed up didn't hear back okay this is strange like you just said you're keen to work to have someone work for you and then all of a sudden you're not picking up the phone okay that's a bit strange but no worries okay uh then there was another company that popped up after this that Reese messaged and they started talking like, okay, this could be a potentially another one that could work. All the while we drove down south because there was a rental that we saw that we absolutely fell in love with. At this point we were looking at rentals like all day well, me so more so. Me so more so. Me more so. Looking at rentals all day, every day, trying to find the perfect one. At this point there were quite a few options. It was awesome. Like this one just I was randomly scrolling. I was just doing it mindlessly at this point because I'd kind of given up on that, um, on finding the right place for us. And then this one popped up. It was beautiful, freshly built. It looked like the house that's straight, straight out of like the Hamptons or something. It was gorgeous in our budget. And we immediately messaged the agent. We actually had to apply for it because of the whole COVID things. We had to actually like get like do a full on application, which was strange. Got all of the, uh, what are they called? Not referees. <laughs> I keep forgetting this word. References, that's the one. To say how amazing we are and all that stuff. It was very official. And then we drove down, had a look at this place, and it was just perfect. It was beautiful. We were so excited. Um, we drove back up to Perth, and on the way back, the, the agents said, congratulations, like you've got the house. And we said, oh, like we're not actually... We applied for it because we had to, but we can't actually formally apply and like submit and you know start renting until our house sells. And at this point, we were thinking it wasn't going to take much longer for our house to sell. There were a few people that were interested. We felt pretty confident. That's why we actually like you know applied for it in the first place. Uh, so we we're thinking like this is awesome, you know, like we've got this beautiful rental. You've got this job that could be potentially lined up. It wasn't as good as the original job that the the, yeah the people that potentially just basically not potentially they did ghost race so strange still to this day have never heard back from them so odd but that's fine wasn't meant to be i guess so this other company um had like they 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 called reese and they had a chat and they said basically they had like 40 other applicants and he was the one that they wanted to work with they wanted to employ they called him first and like how lovely is that and Reese was like thank you so much um you know I mean in, in in hindsight we really shouldn't have been I guess I say we he really shouldn't have been applying before we had an actual offer on the house but I guess we were just naive and really did think that it would sell quicker than it did and so here he's like oh I, I, I can't really accept it formally because I don't know what's happening with our house at this point and the Matt the the guy's like oh when when do you think you'll know and we we're like not really sure 
and yeah, in hindsight, shouldn't have applied for it, but it is what it is. So we were kind of like looking at our watch. Okay, really need to get this house moving. <laughs> more home opens, more. It was just this weird, weird place where you're trying so desperately hard to move forward because A, you need to, like you need a job and B, you just want to start this next chapter that you're so excited about. And at this point, actually, no, it was probably like, was it? Uh, I did a podcast. I think it was in April and it was called If Not Now, When? And I can't remember if this was after we decided to sell the house or I think it was like right at the beginning when everything was looking super exciting. It was just, yeah. I remember the feeling I had when I recorded that podcast. It was just pure optimism, excitement, hope, energy. It it was amazing. I was just, it was basically saying like, it was this whole conversation that recently I had about picking up and just starting a whole new chapter encompassed into a little podcast episode. Like that's why I was so passionate in that episode. I was just like, well, if, if, if you have these goals and these dreams and the whole time, that whole episode amongst many other things was essentially like me more so obviously just living down there. I something that I'd always wanted to do, but never felt like, Oh, you know, it's one of those things. One day you'll do it one day, one day we'll, and, you know, when we're retired, <laughs> we'll, um, we'll make the change and we'll pick up and move. And that's what I never wanted to get sucked into. I am quite proud of myself in that way that I really do follow my heart. And if I feel compelled or pulled in a certain direction, I generally follow, follow that because I see it too often. People that I know or people who's, you know, who know people that I know, they wish their life away and work so hard in the prime of their lives right now to eventually one day be able to retire comfortably and or to pay off their mortgage and to like do all these things that we're told we need to do in order and it's like no it's cliche but all you really have is this moment right now and I really have been sitting in that thought a lot more recently because it's true we are so quick to wish life away on the unpromised fake like illusion of certainty (laughs) um that tomorrow is guaranteed and that we will live to do these things that we want to do or no it's not even a case of whether or not we'll live to do these things it's whether or not we'll be able to do those things or if we think that all these plans that we've made for ourselves are actually going to happen in in the exact neat little way that we think that they're going to happen like we never know what is Think, think about how many unexpected things have happened in your life, good and bad, and how that's completely changed the trajectory of your life. Like, I just never wanted to give myself a sense of false hope about the future and, like, what... It's not even a false hope because I didn't really have any kind of cemented plans. I guess I just got sucked into the to the mindset of, you know, you work hard when you can and then you retire comfortably and then you relax. So it's like what if this is the prime of my life now and I want to live this moment and this this period of my life to the fullest and I want to be able to look back when I am retired and think like, oh, I'm so glad I made the most of this time in my life when I was 
able to, like when you're fit and healthy and able to do these things and explore the world and make these quick decisions and get up and try new things and make new memories, like this is a time when you can do that easily, easily and comfortably. And I just didn't ever want to wish that away. And so for so long, I felt like I had been thinking to myself, oh, I would love to do that, but maybe one day. And I'd had conversations with people, like every time I'd come back from our trip down south, I'd be like, oh, you know, I just love to live there. But yeah, like, you know, it's it's not practical, like, but maybe one day, maybe one day. And then I guess that's when resource his job. It's like, wow, maybe this isn't actually so impossible. Like maybe we can actually get this done. Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can live this little fantasy that, that we've had. And who knows, maybe we won't like it, but at least we can try. At least we can cross it off our list and say that we've done it and not just live the rest of our lives doing what we're doing right now because it's a safer option because it feels or seems smarter and more secure. When in reality, like nothing is secure. You don't know what the future holds. So you may as well do what makes you happy in the moment and follow your heart and do the thing that is more exciting um, and just figure it out as you go, which is normally not kind of the way I run things. I like to be uh, regimented in my routine and the way I do things, but I just, I just wanted to try something different. Like I just, yeah, like how exciting the idea of making new memories and starting a whole new chapter and making all these new adventures and anyway. So it was this drawing back to where we were in that moment. It's like you're at a crossroads where your current reality is pulling you down, but you're trying so hard to move forward with all this excitement that you have. And it got to a point where um, we yeah, had this rental lined up and we were so excited and we were just thinking like one more day, we just need the house to sit like one more day. And I was constantly checking if the, ha- if, if the rental had gone. And then one day, of course, I was checking the rentals and it had disappeared. And I was scrambling, like searching the address, trying to find, oh, maybe it's just, you know, a glitch happened or something. I contacted the agent and she had confirmed that someone had leased it. And I was like, oh, okay, how long are they leased it for? And they said 12 months. So okay, cool. I was like, in my mind, I was hoping it would be like six months or something because this place was perfect. They had allowed us to have a six month lease, which is what we wanted just while we got our like footing, footing, got our footing. That's not the way you say that. Anyway, <laughs> got ourselves sorted out, basically got a feel for what we were doing. They allowed pets. It was just, it was just perfect. Anyway, um, so that really was a kick in the guts. And then this apprenticeship place that Reese was talking to was saying basically like, sorry, mate, we've got to get someone else. We can't basically wait around for you. So then both of those great little glimmers of hope we had were pulled out from underneath us and we were left back at ground zero, square one, looking around at this house that we can't seem to sell. All of our little glimmer of hopes have gone, trying so desperately hard to keep up the momentum and the excitement of this new decision we've made to move and to start this new chapter and to do all this and all that and just then slapped in the face with a reality check essentially like you are still in this situation you cannot run from it you can't not even run from it you can't you're just stuck here you can't move forward you can't do anything you're just 
here. And again, this whole story is kind of like telling your dreams to someone. Like when you're telling the dream to someone, you know how how it felt in in the dream. You're like, oh, this happened. And when you're telling the person, they're like, oh, okay, cool. And they can only really take it for face value. It's different when you have that emotion attached to it. Because I know when I'm saying this, it probably doesn't sound like, wow, like a big deal, you know. But it's the the way it made us feel and the 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 loss of control that really did it it's less about what actually happened and more about how that made us feel because for two people who are control freaks who like routine and somewhat of an idea of certainty obviously nothing is for certain nothing is certain or guaranteed but even just the ability to like entertain the fact that maybe we do have some certainty in some in some aspect we didn't have any of that we had no control over anything we couldn't control when our house sold we couldn't control when we moved forward we couldn't control where we lived we couldn't control what we did for work we couldn't control um when we made these decisions and when we moved forward we couldn't control where we would do it we couldn't control anything anything at all we went from this position where we you know went like before we decided to, to sell our house and to do all of this stuff and before Reese lost his job we had the control over work we had control over the house where, where, where we lived we had control over what we we're going to do in the future because everything was set up in our little routine that we had built over the past five or six years so to have that completely like scrambled it became not even a about like oh my podcast stuff was tucked away my filming stuff was tucked away you know I just felt really crappy I didn't even if I wanted to do, do a podcast no it's it wasn't even about wanting to that, that that was the issue like I didn't I didn't want to I could if I wanted to but I just didn't want to it's like when you feel really hopeless and pessimistic and for someone like me who is the opposite of that normally I'm super optimistic super positive to feel a complete loss of that in myself was really disheartening and Reese also felt the same way so when you have two people that are both radiating that kind of negative energy off each other it really doesn't do you any favors and I didn't want to get on social media and be like hey guys how's life I didn't want to get on here and be like oh I don't know spirituality happy stuff which I normally love talking about I just wanted to just curl up into a little ball and just like it was getting to the point where like I was just looking forward to going to bed and sleeping because it just the days passed faster when you got to sleep (laughs) um it was just hopelessness it was really crappy and just yeah dull grim grim and that lasted a little while actually I don't know how long it took for it to finally come around but it was a fairly long period of time so that is why we basically uh dropped off the face of the earth me more so like I didn't do podcasts I didn't really do anything I didn't really post much I actually told my management I don't want to do any sponsorships because I don't want to be posting only sponsored content and none of my own personal content. And of course, I wasn't posting any of my personal content because I didn't feel like myself. And I just wanted to, I don't know, just disappear into the back of the internet for a while, basically. And so then obviously you're earning less money. I mean, I'm lucky I'm in a good position. I don't have to worry about that. But you do start worrying when like you're not taking on all of these new jobs that are coming at you. I was basically just 
deferring them oh can we cross paths again and in like a month or two I just don't want to do it right now so it's like that's also something you've got in the back of your mind as well like you've got the you're turning away work when you should be working more than (laughs) more now than pretty much any other time so throughout this whole time Reese and I had still been looking into rentals into blocks of land to buy to build uh, established houses we were just keeping all of our options open and we decided to make a little trip down south just to look at a couple of blocks of land just as a little distraction a little pick-me-up uh, just something to do really uh, and we had a few in mind that were really great value we thought would be pretty like ideal for us and we were excited to go down. I mean, I get super excited to go <clears throat> anytime we do. And we got there, looked at these blocks, and they were just absolutely not what we had in mind. And just the vibe, gut feeling was off. It was really actually kind of depressing because, again, we had gotten our hopes up about something and it just felt completely wrong. It just wasn't... It, at all what we thought it was going to be and then we went to our airbnb which we had booked and even that was completely different than what it was meant to look like and that was depressing in itself and we were just both laying in bed after dinner and we both were kind of thinking it didn't really say it and then reese was like maybe this isn't the right thing for us and I was thinking to myself yeah this and I said this this doesn't really feel the way I thought it was going to feel like this doesn't really feel right so maybe we are doing the wrong thing and that was very depressing because obviously we had all these plans and ideas about this new chapter for us and anyway slept on it woke up the next day decided to look at this other little block in a completely different suburb that we hadn't uh really thought too much about we got there and it was beautiful it was like completely different vibe than the other ones it was a bit more expensive but it was like worth worth it in our minds and we reached out to the uh seller and we were talking back and forth and getting excited about you know this is our this block being our potential little block and that was just a nice little glimmer of hope and anyway I guess you can tell how that went that block sold before we had a chance to put an offer on it um yep good times good times I mean luckily by the time we by the time that block actually did get an offer um a little bit of time had passed and we weren't as invested in it. We were kind of looking into a different area, but it's just another thing where it's like, wow, that's an- another thing we had to put um, uh, some ho- some hope into and, yeah, it didn't really come back to us, but that's fine. And it's also worth noting a huge point, actually, which is kind of where this next chapter goes on towards, is that because of covid uh, in oof, the world, but how it had manifested itself, at least in WA, tons of people from Perth had now been working from home. I'm assuming this is how it all panned out anyway, 
because they had no other choice. And so a lot of them were realizing that A, they can work from home, their employers would let them work from home, or B, um, I guess it, COVID kind of forced everyone to stop and to reevaluate. And most of us have had to isolate at home. So we've kind of, yeah, been forced to stop this rat race and actually take time just sitting with our families and doing this really basic stuff. And it kind of brings us all back to like, what are our actual priorities? And a lot of people are now wanting to work less or they want to stay working from home because they realize like how much they're actually missing out on by just being at work all the time. Like so many people are now wanting to spend more time with their families because it's just enriched their, their quality of life. So a lot of people in Perth have now flocked to the down south region. And when we were first looking at all these rentals, as I said earlier, we had all these options. Um, because even if we did build, we would still have to obviously rent for the period of time where the house is being built. So we needed a rental regardless of what we ended up choosing. Um, and when we were first looking, we had all these options and... Fast forward to, yeah, a few months later, basically everything had been snatched up and the real estate agents down here are saying, like, you know, they basically outperformed in, in like one single month, they made more sales in the past like 13 years or something like that. It's And then, yeah, w, uh, down south of WA, the southwest has the lowest vacancy rate in all of Australia. Like, there's just nothing available. The agents are saying where there used to be, like, 30 rentals in one suburb just sitting vacant, now they're, you're, you're, you're lucky if there are maybe, like, two or three and they're all getting, like, 20 applicants to each one. It's just wild. So at this point, our house was close to selling. Little did we know. There was a lady and her daughter who had come through the house a lot of times and wanted to see it privately um, many times. And yeah, she was going to be the one that bought our house. So that was really exciting, but also terrifying because we had nowhere to live. Uh, we were thinking that her settlement would take a few a fair few months but her finance was approved really quickly so we went from having like months and months to having like maximum one month if not probably a few weeks actually to really scramble and figure out like what we're actually doing we applied for numerous rentals and basically um was the agents were saying we've already got a lot of rentals and most of them and an applicant has been picked and most of the applicants probably wanted a longer lease than we did. We upped our lease time from six months to 12 months because we knew that um, we weren't going to get accepted anywhere at six months plus we're going to need 12 months anyway. So it was like, yeah, cool. A house is sold. Like This is one thing that we've been waiting for, waiting to happen. But we actually literally have nowhere to live. Uh, so that's fun too. <laughs> Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Again, 
every waking moment looking at rentals, looking at rentals, looking at rentals. We're going to have to like start expanding our suburb. We're looking at like 13 different suburbs. So a huge space. We're not just, we weren't just like settling on one or two. Um, we needed a certain amount of space, not talking like a two-story house like we had before. We just needed enough bedrooms to house my makeup room, Reese's watch room, a spare bedroom for friends and family when they come over and then our bedroom. So basically needed needed four bedroom and we needed a place that allowed dogs. So um yeah, it it just it just felt <laughs> a bit stressful, a bit stressful. But anyway, we had reached out to one or two. We were going to inspect them we want to drive down again the next week and inspect them. I said to one of them, look, if we have to pay you a little bit more per week to get it over the line, we'll have to do that. Again, didn't want to do that because we wanted to build a house. So we, we had this like idea in our head, which was completely entirely feasible when there were so many rentals. Like We had, had this figure per week in rent that we wanted to pay, uh, Yeah, which again would have been possible month or so ago a few few months ago but now it was impossible they're all all the prices had been jacked up so to even offer more was a bit of a kick in the guts but anyway you do what you gotta do right let me just jump back like a week or two i think my memory of when all this happened is has holes in it it's hard it's yeah i mean i think you can all understand this last year has been a blur I don't even know what date is today, but I'm doing my best to recount it in in order. Reese and I found a block of land. I just also forgot to mention that after that night where we're thinking, Reese and I were talking about how we might have made the wrong decision by thinking about moving down. The next day when, when we went and looked at that block, we were like, oh, this is what it feels like. This is what it, f- like it should feel like when you find a place that feels right. Uh, it was just like we got excited again and we started talking about all the things we could do and all the different types of houses. Like It was just really, really fun. So we completely did a 360 on that feeling just because that those other blocks obviously weren't, weren't the ones for us. So it's just it's funny how when you when something feels right, it really feels right. I believe we went down south again for some reason. I don't even know, to be honest. I'm losing track of all the reasons we went down south and when we did. But we went down for some reason. And while we were down, I reached out to the agent again. And I said, look, do you mind if we just stop by and have a look? Obviously, it's just just vacant land. So it's not like we're going to go creeping into someone's house or something. Do you mind if we just have a look while we're down? And he said, yeah, look, I can come and meet you on the block and we can have a little look. So Reese and I just went down the day before uh, without him there just to have a little peek at the um, area just to kind of get a feel for it before he showed up so that we could just discuss our, you know, genuine thoughts about it without him being there. Actually, oh, did we just show up a few... Uh, uh, no, we just showed up earlier. So not the day before. We just showed up earlier than, than he did. Had a look and we were like, wow, this is it. We, like, I can tell when Reese is into something because he just starts, yeah, he really gets into it with his, like, he's like, oh, we can do this and we can have this there and that can be there and imagine how this will be. And, like, we were just, like, it was just the most beautiful location ever and just so tranquil 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 (laughs) peaceful 
<laughs> and calming and that feeling that I get when I'm down south. It was that feeling and we were like, holy crap, like this this is the one, like, oh my God, like it, it just made sense why we didn't get any of those other blocks, why nothing else was working out, like this is the one, let's put in, put in an offer um, and basically like on the drive back down to Perth, up to Perth, we sent the agent an email and put in our offer and he had said to us, when we met him that there was somebody else somebody else from Perth that had put in a super, super low ball offer. So, you know, the owner of the block didn't even really entertain it. And so we were thinking that we were the only ones that were really keen on it. And it had been up for ages, like, you know, had been listed for a while now. So we were thinking we are pretty, like, secure in, in our offer. And at this point, our house was almost... Um, I don't, I'm not sure if we had an offer, a formal offer yet, but this lady had come through so many times and she was like really, really serious about it. She was getting, like working on getting um, pre-approval and that kind of thing for, for finance. So like it just felt like the timing was all like yeah, syncing up and everything was finally working out. And so we put in our offer and then the agent came back and said, you know, just um, – as I said to you, we've got the other offer on the table. And I replied and said, oh, I don't remember you saying that there's still another buyer interested. You just said that they, you know, knocked back their offer because it was so low. So the reason I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that, like, you know, we're competing against somebody else for, for this. But anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, like, you know, we had confidence in our offer, seeing it was, seeing as it was stronger than theirs, the person who did the lowball. Uh and what it eventually came down to was he said, you're both, there's two parties that are interested. Please put in your best and final and I'll present them present them both to the owner of the block. And so we didn't know what the other lady's offer was. She didn't know what ours was. So we were basically just gambling, hoping that, you know, yeah, because you, you're still, even though you want that block like crazy, you're still in the moment you're like oh well I don't want to overpay for something like you don't you don't want to offer way 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 higher than what she does just because you want to secure it like you still want to be smart about it it's still a lot of money so we thought oh because she um she had such a low ball offer like she surely wouldn't come up with that much so we did ours as high as we thought we needed to and we were pretty confident in it. Um, and then we got a call from the agent and we were super excited. And he said, um, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, the owner has accepted the other offer. Yours was $5,000 higher than the other offer, but theirs was all cash. And ours was not all cash. So... <laughs> that was great um that one that was probably the biggest blow throughout this whole process that was like the biggest letdown because we had been getting carried away with all the things we could do on that block we had taken all these photos we were so excited i had taken a little leaf from the property and stuck it in my car as a little reminder of like, oh my God, this, this might be ours. Like just 
just that little glimmer of hope that we were needing. It felt like a huge shining light at this point. We were just so excited about it. And to lose it by that much, uh, yeah, rough, really rough. That really, that really sunk in for Reese and I, and that really got Reese as well. Like, uh, okay, it felt like you're on The Bachelor and you're in the final two and you're so committed to something, you're so committed to that person <laughs> and then he chooses the other person. That's what it felt like because of all my experience on The Bachelor. I'm sure that's what it feels like. Uh, oh, look. I tell you what. Anyway, I'm not going to keep on dragging on about that, but that was so rough. And then this agent, um, he was like, oh, you know, I've got a client who lives down the street and he hasn't built on his property yet. He's from, I don't know, somewhere else in Australia and he's thought about selling it before. I'm going to reach out to him. And so and I are like, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Um, and then I think I sent that agent like a couple of follow-up emails. I sent him one about just saying, saying you know, can't wait to hear, hear about this block, this other block. And then I sent him another email. This is like me basically after you've just been broken up with, like texting the guy that just broke up with you being like, I can change. <laughs> I, almost, I emailed him and I was like, you know, oh, we would have raised her offer had we known. We thought she would lower. Anyway, like pointless, pointless groveling because the offer is set in stone while it's being accepted. But, oh, God, depressing. Anyway, he never replied. Thanks, buddy. That was good. One of those, mm, it's nice that he said all the things he needed to say when he was trying to make a sale. And as soon as he didn't need us, he was like, Bye. And just ghosted us, so we won't be ever dealing with him ever again. But anyway, <laughs> um, so that was good. That was good. Didn't have a place to live. Lost our dream block. Love that. And even the selling of the house thing wasn't even enjoyable at this point. It's, it's funny how you put these events um that you want to happen on a pedestal. Like, oh, you want to get the dream job. Oh, you want to sell your house. Oh, you want to get into a relationship. Or maybe not a relationship. That that one's usually pretty good if you have the right relationship. But like, say selling the house. Like, oh, just just need the house to sell. Need the house to sell. So excited. And then once you actually get to that point, a new set of issues arise that kind of squash the excitement of that thing actually happening. It's like, it's true that if you have if you set your happiness on one particular goal point, goal, goal, goal post, you're going to, yeah, you're going to be disappointed because we as humans continuously strive for more and bigger and better. And so once you set that goal post and you reach it, you might be excited for like a split second, but then you pull it out of the ground and then set it even higher and, and, and harder to get to next time. And that's kind of what it was like at this point. It's like, yes, we sold the house. Awesome. No, we, no actually we hadn't sold it then. We were like, yeah, it was like, I think we had an offer at that point, which was super exciting, like, finally. Um, but we couldn't get excited because, yeah, we, we, again, we had nowhere to live. And anyway, I think we are down south again <laughs> for another little trip. Perhaps it was the same trip, I didn't even know. And we got a call from our agent and he said, congratulations, the offer's been accepted. Um... It's like your, your counter to her offer has been accepted. Like, woo. And I was just like, oh, thank God. Oh, amazing. 
And that was exciting. That was amazing. We were super grateful for that happening. It felt like one of those huge anchors that was weighing us down had been like released at least somewhat because obviously it's still not official until like everything settles properly but at least it was something and I guess that's when it kind of um yeah it really sunk in that we had to move out in a couple of weeks and we had nowhere to go and again for Reese and I people that really need routine and structure some kind of control and certainty that's not a good combination um anyway so a few days had passed and Reese and I are still groveling over this block and how annoyed we are that we didn't offer what we actually thought the block was worth we were still trying to be like you know strategic about it we got so desperate that we google maps other vacant blocks in the area um tried to find the address and or like the like the lot numbers of the blocks of land and then <laughs> went on to the some government land website and bought the land titles the information thing for these blocks so that we could find the contact information for the people that own the blocks to email them or to contact them and say like are you interested in selling like we were that desperate because this area that, that we had found was like a little absolute pocket of paradise pocket of paradise and we just couldn't believe that it had just like slipped through our fingers it was and this particular area yeah damn it it's again i'm not going to go into too much detail but it's just a beautiful little spot and so we did that spent like a friday night like doing some fbi research and found the addresses we wrote up a little letter printed them out got some old school envelopes with stamps and sent out these letters to these landowners saying like hey just wondering if you're interested in selling we we uh put an offer on a block nearby and it was rejected well i didn't i didn't say that verbatim but anyway that essentially um and that was like the little bit of hope the kind of like oh maybe maybe we'll get something Anyway, gosh, this story is an hour long so far. If you're still listening, good for you. Like, thank you for your your patience because I know this probably isn't going to appeal to many people. This whole long-winded story to get to the point at the end. But, hey, I mean, most of us are in lockdown. Maybe you've got some time on your hands. Um, Okay. Then, I think it was Friday night and also because of the government grants available at the moment down south it wasn't just rentals that were getting snatched up it was land and even established houses but especially land because the government's been giving out all of these grants so you get incentives to buy like you basically get money back um or you save money um yeah yeah, grants basically uh when you buy when you buy and build buy land and build and there's other grants and stuff available, but these ones were uh, in, in, in particular. So that's why the agents had been selling so much real estate because everyone wanted to see change and everyone wanted to escape like the hustle and bustle of, of the city life and move down south this beautiful, peaceful part of the world that everyone goes on holidays. And I'm assuming everyone's like, wow, like, I actually want to live there. Like Basically the same mindset that, that, that Reese and I had. So not only were the rentals getting snatched up, but the land was also getting snatched up. So it's like there was just nothing available. There was just no inventory. I spoke to a builder and he was saying that 
um, that particular block that we lost out on. He had like three other people looking at it. It's just he's got yeah clients that want to build a house but have nowhere to build it. Like just nowhere to put the house. <laughs> There's just nothing available down here. So um, we were looking on a. I think I was just again what I normally do mindlessly scroll the for sale thing and for sale. What are they called? The real estate websites and stuff. And then out of nowhere, I uh, refreshed it and a block popped up. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. Um, and I just, it's kind of kind of like that weird moment where I just, it's just shock, I guess. And I was like, oh, what? And then Reese was like, what's going on? And there was a block right nearby, basically, right nearby. And blocks in this area hadn't really been selling very frequently. Um, like, there weren't, sorry, they had, like, People weren't selling them. They weren't up for sale in, in, in the first place. So it's like rare to get them in the first place and rare to find one that hadn't already been built on. Um, so the reason I was like, holy crap. Like it was, yeah, there's one of those shocking moments. And I remember recently I had been speaking to the builders that we wanted to build with. And our consultant was saying, kept saying to us, this is when we were looking at the other blocks that kept selling out from underneath us. Um, and the rentals and stuff and he's saying like when it's meant to be it'll be when it's meant to happen it'll happen just like hang in there type thing because it just yeah kept getting knocked down and so we both said to each other all right let's drive down tomorrow let's look at this block we had no time to waste it seemed a little bit full-on but <laughs> it was like hours after the agent had listed it and we're like okay let's go down and looked at the block and yeah gosh fell in love like it was like a deeper love than the one that we had for the block that we had lost it was like 10 times better than that other block in so many ways i'm not going to go into them all but it was just like that other block but so much better and we just looked at each other and were like, oh gosh, isn't it so funny how things work? Like you, you think you want something or you think something is for you, but when it doesn't happen for you, it feels like the world has ended. <laughs> and then little do you know that something so much better is around the corner, but you can't actually see it until it's so hard to believe until it's actually happened. And so we were looking at this block and thinking like this, yeah, we have got to put an, an offer on it. Like we have no time to waste. There's no way we're losing this thing. It was just too, I just, we, I still can't get over the fact that it, it all happened the way it did, that it all just fell together in that, like just, no, just the timing, the so soon after, the, 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 the timing. Um. Anyway, anyway. So we went down, uh, went, came back up, emailed the agent, put in our offer. It was a pretty low ball offer because the price was too high for what it was. And, and like, but not being like strategic, it actually was way too high that the listing price. So we put in a price that reflected the, the value. And we were thinking to ourselves, the owner is either going to reject this straight out and because it's only been on the market for like a split second, they're just going to wait and see if they get a better offer or they just really want the block gone and they're going to take it seriously and they're going to like, you know, counter. 
So they counted, we counted back and they came down actually a little bit lower than we thought they would and we accepted the offer and it was uh this literally happened within days i'm li- yeah not even kidding within days and i can't tell you the feeling that reason i had it was like there are f- there are really a few times in your life where you really get overwhelmingly excited about something and you get such relief about something like it's i don't know is it like when you first meet your partner or they ask you to be their girlfriend or boyfriend or something or when you get proposed to or when you find out you're having kids like that's what it felt like for us with this blog having the offer accepted like that was next level we just had to wait for and at this point yeah we, we had sold our house so that was finally like finally happening um that was finally like yeah we could, we could move on from that and then actually i think i've jumped jumped ahead sorry yeah then we came back up from that block looking at that block and then I went straight to dinner with my dad and stepmom and my sister and we were just talking about um the rental situation and how we're screwed because we we basically were still we hadn't literally nowhere to live at this point still so it was fun to like look at blocks and stuff but we were still stressed out about the fact that we had nowhere to live ah that old chestnut and my stepmom Corrine uh, was saying, oh, you know, I've got a friend who has a who has a house in so and so suburb. I'm obviously not going to say, and she's got people um, living there at the moment who came here on a holiday and haven't been able to leave because of COVID, and they're looking to move on soon. And um, I think she was thinking about renting it out as an Airbnb, but I can see if she's interested in like leasing it out. And Reese, oh, sorry, Reese wasn't there. I told him afterwards, but I was just like, oh, yeah, I mean, please, sure, I will take anything at this point. I was like, what? And then she showed me the uh, address and I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, it's gorgeous. Are you kidding? And it's, it's in the area that we wanted to be in, but there was nothing available. It's a cheaper price than all the other ones that we were looking at. It's the exact right size. Um, it would have allowed dogs. Like, it was just ridiculously perfect and then um basically a few days pass long story short and because my stepmom and the owner of the property were so close she was going to do airbnb but she said you know i would love to do Karina a favor and yeah help your basically your, your stepdaughter out and here we are i am now sitting in this rental <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't really do this whole story justice because I'm saying it in such a scrambled up, messy way, but it's like, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to, I just need to finish the story. So we found a rental and also the person who bought our house wanted to buy heaps of our furniture. So she bought our couch, our fridge, our dining table, our outdoor furniture, our washing machine, our bar stools, like heaps of our furniture. So we weren't actually left with much. So we were going to, and we, we sold it to her because we wanted, we knew that when in the house that we built, we weren't going to keep that furniture. So uh, it was either sell it to her easily in one transaction or try and sell it off incrementally after we finished renting. So we sold it to her 
And this particular place that we're in now um, is furnished, so it has all of that stuff already. We didn't have to go and buy out, buy any more stuff, which is incredible. Like, what are the chances of that? All the other rentals we're looking at all were empty. Um, so we, yeah, found a rental, had all the furniture in it. We had just had an offer on our dream, 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 dream block that we never in a million years would ever, ever thought Kate would come up. Crazy, still haven't actually believed that. And what else was it? Oh, yeah, Reese and work. Um, he was actually missing doing carpet laying because he realized how good he had it. And he started talking to some carpet shops down here. And they're all like, even in Perth, he wasn't getting much work. I mean, the jobs were slowly picking up in Perth, but it was still really quiet. And so he caught up a few places down here and they are all swamped with work so him messaging them and contacting them and asking if they've got any work was like a godsend for them so now he's <laughs> he's immediately because that's what he was most scared about is coming down here and not having work he's got like an endless supply from multiple shops that want him to work for them um yeah so we've got a rental dream block reese has got an abundance of work like it's just it's so, 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 so true that when something is meant for you, it will happen for you. And when it's not meant for you, it won't happen for you. Um, we had just recently had our finance approved for the block and we've just signed the papers for uh, the house, the dream house that we're going to build. <laughs> Oh, this dream, beautiful house that we're going to build. Um, even that, like, I want to have a little spin-off on my channel and, like, you know, document that whole process with you guys because we've never built a house before. We've wanted to, but it's just never really felt right. Um, but this is going to be, like, our long-term, long-term place. Or so we, we envision it to be. Who knows, as I just said at the start of the podcast, who knows where the future will take us, but that's what, what we're hoping for. And so I think, oh yeah, and then Cerise and I have, we stayed, we moved out of our house, the buyer's finance got approved quicker than expected, so we had to move out even faster, and we stayed at my mum's house for a few days, and then let me tell you, shipping plants to multiple different locations, expensive plants, not fun, don't recommend that to anyone, <laughs> oh hell no. Anyway, yes, so we stayed at mum's for a while and then we had an Airbnb for a week uh, down south in a suburb neighbouring the one that we were going to be living in and this place was beautiful. It was this gorgeous, oh, the little Airbnb was so, so beautiful and it was just such a nice transition um, for us like between it like you know leaving our house was really it's actually kind of tough when you see it empty I had a lump in my throat walking through it for the last time because Reese and I basically started our relationship in that house really realistically and so many memories were made there we adopted Mimi there just like just it felt like you're leaving like a part of yourself almost it was really really strange it's very official like closing the chapter of that whole closing the, the that whole chapter of your life um that was really 
unreal, I guess is kind of the word, very surreal. Um, but can confirm, haven't really thought too much about it since, which means it's obviously the right decision. After all, it is just a house, but that was just a strange year. Anyway, it was nice to be in this Airbnb and have that transition. So that's where I filmed those, that last video that I just uploaded, um, the misguided video. Uh, yeah. And so in terms of Reese, he first, he basically, as soon as we got down to that Airbnb, he got to work. Um, they really, really wanted him um, to work for them. And can report, it was like three days in, and he's like, the people, the clients here are so nice. Not that they aren't nice up in Perth, but it's like country, people from the country are just so nice. Um, just, just a different kind of, everyone's just like chilled out and I thought Perth in itself I guess coming from Sydney well obviously I grew up in Perth lived in Sydney and then came back to Perth I was like wow Perth people are so chilled and like relaxed so much nicer here um but yeah living like a country town completely even like on another scale of just oh I would go for walks in the morning with Mia and every single person would look at me and say hi how you going and just the little smallest things that you take for granted. It's like everyone in Perth, I guess, just seem, seems like we're all in a rush. Everyone's just just doing their own thing, um, which is fine, totally fine. But it was just a bit of a shock, I guess, being in an area where everyone was just – it's like such a community vibe. And obviously we, we weren't even a part of the community. We are like just staying there for the time being. But – it just felt really wholesome, I guess, is, is the word, which is the kind of feeling that you want when you've just uprooted your life and you're trying a whole new thing out <laughs> somewhere else. You want to feel like you belong and it feels like it's the right decision. So Reese was saying how the clients are just like some of the little stories he had already told me were so heartwarming. All the jobs were a breeze, like a breeze, um, working like the, uh, the same amount of um uh, meters like uh, it's hard to explain how carpet laying works but if he had to do 20 meters of carpet laying up in Perth it would have taken him to like I don't know three or four o'clock say down here it's taking to like one o'clock 12 or one because the jobs are so straightforward and easy the people that run the business are really organized and uh, friendly and nice and there aren't any miscommunications they're organized and professional and um, he's like he said to me how everything it's because he had been having such a rough time for so long um not only just since he lost his job but like not enjoying the work for so long for him we're driving for him to say to me I'm the happiest I've been in as long as I can remember like the fact that something he was excited about but kind of unsure about and skeptical not 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 skeptical um paranoid I guess about not like finding work and obviously he has anxiety and like that kind of change is really intense for someone that struggles with like uncertainties and unfamiliarities and things like that and he was just coming home from work stoked and oh it was so nice and to have that purpose again um and even though it was carpeting I think because he was away from it and got to actually realize what he had and who's to say he he still wants to try different things, but he's happy. He's actually genuinely happy doing what he's doing right now. And so um, there was even another company that was really close to where we are now that 
wanted to work for him and they actually were offering to pay more than the other shop that he was working for and like just all these little things that were just perfectly lining up in his favor I can't I won't get into, into too much detail because then it gets too like personal details but it's just it was absolutely crazy how yeah when it's Reese and I were saying to each other when it's meant to happen it it just happens you don't know how you can't predict when but it just does and it was such like this is a summary summarizing this whole podcast an hour and 20 minutes later uh it's it's such a big eye-opening lesson for me because realistically up until this year I hadn't really had to weather any like storms I guess you could say like it had been pretty uh, smooth sailing in 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 my life I mean that's what routine gets you and like the sense of control I guess gets you is you don't you're not really rocking the boat too much because you've already set things out in such a way that you you avoid that from happening but when you make the active decision to rock the boat and uproot your life it is I think it was naive of us to think it was going to be easy and it was a real lesson in uh, persistence and trust, I guess. Faith, blind faith is the word, I guess. Blind faith that, as I said in my tweet, uh, what misses me was never meant for me and what's meant for me will never miss me. I feel like that really drilled itself into my brain more so than it really ever has just when we spend we spent like four or five months of our life actively trying so hard to have these certain outcomes happen for us and every single time got knocked back and all like even just those the carpentry apprenticeship they reached out to to, to Reese and never got back like all of these little all these little things the rentals that, 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 that we loved that block that we loved losing that first block that we were in love with like we in comparison the the block that we have um bought is a squillion times better than the other block but we would (laughs) you don't you you, in the moment you're so devastated that you've lost this thing because you don't think you can find anything else it's like it's like being dumped by someone you don't think you're better find someone as good as that person until you find that person that is better than them and you have to have blind faith up until that moment and I know all of these things that we went through you know are trivial and I'm glad that none of us went through any health issues or anything really serious like that but it is still just real life for us and it was really really tough um mentally I guess no matter like which way it manifests itself if it's like selling a house or doing this or going through a bad breakup like it's still the way it takes its toll on you mentally that is the hard thing to deal with and after going through all of this even the the building consultant was like see I, I told you guys when it was meant to happen it will happen like every when when it was meant to happen for us when it was meant to when we were meant to take, take this path when it was the right time we didn't know it was going to be the right time until it all started happening the way it did. It's like a puzzle piece. It's like you're, you're, you have this 90% of the puzzle 
all finished. But those that 10%, you just cannot put those last pieces together. You'll jam them in, you'll force them in, you'll try and make it work. And it just doesn't work no matter how hard you try. But then you find that one piece and you click it in and then all of those other pieces just seamlessly slot in and then you finished and it's done and you've gotten to where you want to be. Like that is literally what happened with us. And that's why actually I might just find it on my Instagram right now and read it out to you because it definitely, um, it resonated with a lot of people. And so I, in case you have missed it, it will probably provide a bit more context. (laughs) The caption says, I tell you what, (laughs) the saying, what's meant for you will never miss you and what misses you was never meant for you has been wildly accurate for recent I this year. Up until this month, 2020 has been full of disappointments, COVID aside, and we had been really struggling to remain optimistic and hopeful like we usually are. It's easy to believe inspirational quotes when life is good, but when you're constantly being thrown curveballs, it's a little harder to have blind faith. The whole story is going to make for a great podcast content, at least. Well, I hope this podcast was good. We're about an hour and 30 minutes in. You really want to hope it's good. <laughs> we'll get on to recording ASAP. Anyway, in the meantime, if any of you are feeling hopeless, pessimistic, and like you can't catch a break, it will absolutely get better. I don't know when, how, or why, but it will. It always does, even if better looks different to what you expected. You don't have to be upbeat and positive right now because, frankly, you probably just don't have the energy. But one thing you can take out of your situation and be grateful for is the fact that when things inevitably get better, the only reason it will feel as good as it does is because of how you feel right now. You need the bad to appreciate the good, otherwise life is boring and everything feels the same. So if nothing else, at least your current struggle will make the light at the end of the tunnel seem that much brighter. Better get those glasses ready. The reason I wanted to share that caption is because I guess knowing how horrible Reese and I have both been feeling for the past, what feels like cold here, um, I am very grateful for all of that happening and I'm only saying I'm grateful for it now that I'm out of it because hell no, I'm not saying I'm grateful for it while I'm going through it because that is so hard to do and if any of you are currently going through it, yeah, You can be grateful for the fact that it means that life's going to feel really good when it does feel good because of the crap you're going through now. But yeah, that's that's about it. Let's be honest. I'm not going to be like, ah, be grateful for the struggles. I mean, yeah, be grateful for the struggles, but it's a lot easier to do that when you're not struggling. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's because going through all of that really makes me appreciate my life right now and how everything has come to fruition and if we hadn't gone through all of that what we're going through now wouldn't feel as exciting and as as amazing and as special as it does because we would have just been it would have been given to us on a platter almost you know oh you sell your house easy cool oh you find a block of land oh that's cool buy it oh you bought a house cool like it doesn't really have that that edge to it when it was just all a seamless process but if you've been like walking uphill, this huge, massive, what feels like massive hill for the past year, and then you finally get to the top and you can see how beautiful the view is, like it looks a lot better. <laughs> the view looks a lot better having to work for it than it would have 
if you just rolled out of bed and looked out the window. I mean, look, it'd still look nice, but it's not going to look as good if you didn't have to work for it. And so I really do appreciate that little lesson in itself that we really do need the bad to appreciate the good. And I think I'm going to do a whole episode on that separately. I feel like I've already done one. I don't know if I have. I don't think I have. I think I may have touched on it. Oh, uh, actually, no, I think I have. I don't know. <laughs> I've been talking for a while. I don't even know what plan I'm on right now. But anyway, I would like to do a podcast episode on that if I haven't already. But that's one thing that I've taken out of this. But also, I think the main lesson, the main lesson and one that you guys should definitely keep in mind if you're going through something right now, or you feel like you're not getting to where you want to be is focus on that end result of, of, of what you want and believe that it's possible and you know, envision that it's going to happen for you. And I don't know if you guys believe in that kind of thing, but I do. So take it, take what I say with a pinch of salt if, if you're, not, you're not into it. But envision what you want, um, really sit on it, how it looks, how it feels, how you're going to feel when it comes true, when, when it happens for you. But don't fixate, because that's what I did, that's what Reese and I did, on how it is going to happen or when it is going to happen, because you can only control so much. I know that control is like an illusion. We think we have it, but in reality, we really don't. We can control certain things in our lives, but the majority of it is out of our control. And we just like to think that we've had a part in in, in how it's happened, I think. Uh, And if you still haven't reached those goals that you set or you haven't, you know, been able to achieve something that you thought you would have achieved by now or you haven't reached a milestone or you're not where you thought you'd be at this point in your life or yeah you haven't obtained something that you wanted to obtain I know the feeling because I have been living it for the past year of feeling like it's just easier to give up and that it's just not going to happen for you and that um yeah, you'd rather just mope around and dwell in the fact that you feel like a failure or you feel like it's just not worth the effort. And you have every right to feel that way because that is what constantly getting knocked down makes you feel like. Um, But if this whole year has taught me anything, it's that you will get to where you want to get to. It just may look a little different the, the path to that point might look a little bit different. So don't fixate on how or when or what even. Don't even fixate on what um, what it is that is going to get you to that end point. It's about having, again, a gross, I hate it, blind faith. <laughs> I hate it. Blind faith sucks and it is tough and it really requires a strong will because... Oof, yeah anyway um it it happens life happens in weird ways coincidences happen little things line up little things fall together I just can't believe how it just felt like we were been we were pushing against a thick brick wall for so so long and taking like one step forward and two steps backwards and then all of a sudden that brick wall just turns into like feathers and it just is instantaneously working like everything, every single little thing that we were stressed about that, that was going against us instantly cleared up, lined up, and we got 
the the end outcome was so so much better than we had even hoped for or could have imagined like we had this idea of what we wanted but what we actually got was so much better than that and that in itself is super exciting because it makes me think in my future next time I come up against an obstacle that I feel like is going to get the better of me and isn't um uh able to be moved or worked around that of course it is you just don't know how it's going to be moved and you can't let yourself believe that it's impossible to move it (laughs) I guess as cliche as that sounds like I think the last time I had one of these moments happen was yeah basically five or six years ago before I met Reese, and I had that last really bad breakup and I just felt like I'm not going to find someone better. And then that whole little mini fling relationship basically set the set the groundwork for me to find Reese, like the love of my life, because it taught me so much about myself, about what I wanted in a partner and a million other things that I wouldn't have found or learned otherwise had I not gone through that horrible, depressing process. And it's the same thing with this whole year. It's It's been a strange process and it's been a lot of back and forth and up and down. But all those things that we would, we were so convinced that we wanted and that we needed, in hindsight, thank God none of that worked out for us because we don't, we, we don't want any of it. All those things, we were so disappointed that we lost, so disappointed about losing, missing out on, that we thought was going to be like, you know, the thing for us. We don't want any of it. Like none of none of it fits what we want right now. And what we ended up with, even having lost all that stuff, what we ended up with is so much better. And it's the same whole thing. Like, you know, if you had told me that we would have been where we are now at the start of this whole thing, would have laughed. Um, just because you think you have this idea of what is what what you want. And it's not until you go through all of this process that you realize, no, this is exactly what I want. And I think that's what this process told us is that like through all the back and forth, all the losses and, you know, you, it felt like who someone was like putting out their hand for us to, to grab onto and to help us. And then it was instantly taken away as soon as we were about to get a grip on their hand, but obviously not a person like the house or the block or the jobs or anything, anything. It was all taken away as soon as we were about to commit to it. And in the moment, that really, really sucks and it really hurts. But in hindsight, it's bloody awesome <laughs> because we don't want any of it now. Like it, if we had taken that route, if we had gone down that path, we wouldn't have. it wouldn't have led us to where we are now, which is exactly where we want to be. So I take all of it and I'm super grateful for it. I'm super grateful that it led us to where we are now. And um, yeah, that place is exactly where we, we wanted to to be um we didn't know we didn't know that that we we would end up here at the very start of this whole journey but thank god we ended up here because yeah we couldn't have imagined it going any other way um in hindsight but it's all in hindsight and i know how annoying that is to hear when you're still in, in in the thick of it but that's all i can give you that's all you can give yourself that's all you've got is 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 blind faith um and i guess trust it's hard, but it is so worth it. 
Wow, here we are, one hour and 35 minutes in. This is my, my longest podcast, I think. <laughs> wow. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, I hope it was interesting. I hope it wasn't just a depressing wah story. I think if you're listening to this, you're the kind of person that's like on my same wavelength in terms of the way I think and the way I, I, I don't know, I, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. And so I hope you're taking out of this what I'm intending for you to take out of it. But yeah, I it feels good. It feels good to be able to like talk about it now. Finally into a routine. So we've sold our house. We've completely closed off that chapter. I'm no longer living in Perth. Reese and I are living down south. Absolutely loving it already. It's just, oh yeah, it is. Gosh, it's a beautiful part of the world. And I'm so excited to take this next next step towards a whole new chapter like so exciting um thanks for bearing with me throughout this period of weirdness and silence i haven't really been doing much on my socials um yeah it's just i needed some needed some me time i needed some time to just wallow in my sorrows for a little while but everything's picking back up which is yeah super exciting reese is so happy i'm so happy gosh it feels good to just be back to ourselves but like an even better version and just even more excited about the future um it's it's nice it's really nice to to feel that way so yeah thanks so much for listening this far i really cannot believe people have listened this far that's massive massive compliment thank you so much i hope you have a great week um i love you all so much and i will hopefully speak to you all very very soon bye guys 